Hello, this is Dominic Wells, CEO of Onfolio, and uh, welcome to episode two of this mini-series. In this episode, I'm going to really just be focusing on our investing philosophy and give some examples of what I mean and how we came to this philosophy, because it was definitely an evolution over the years. A lot of the stuff I'm going to cover, I did touch up on in the previous episode, but I'm going to go a lot deeper in terms of examples and specifics. So as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett's uh, philosophy and in particular his quotes about it being better to buy a good business for a fair price than a fair business for a good price. And, and to break that down, it really means if you're focusing on trying to get the best deal or pay the cheapest you can, then you're going to end up buying lemons more often than not. Whereas if you just focus on buying quality businesses, growing them where you can, but really just maintaining them and cash flowing them, then you're going to do a lot better. In fact, I would go out as far as saying the only way to not make money in this space, the only way to lose money is to fail to maintain a business. You don't have to grow it. You don't have to do these fancy things to try and triple it overnight. You don't have to get in and get out before the market changes. You just have to not mess up. <laughs> and th that sounds obvious, but you would be surprised how many people either don't think about that or just don't seem to embrace it with their actions. So let me go into detail about exactly what I mean and exactly some real examples. And again, what you'll learn through this is why we settled on the holding company, the kind of media company structure rather than the fund. Um, so a lot of the businesses that are for sale online are very simple. Um, we focus on content businesses, although we do have some e-commerce businesses, we do have some software businesses, and we will go more into those spaces in the future. But content is fundamentally what we do, which is why I refer to media companies quite a lot. And so when you have these simple cash flowing businesses that maybe there's not much different between the revenue line and the profit line and the P&L because they don't have a ton of expenses, they can seem great on the surface. But what it's hiding is the fact that these businesses don't actually have a lot of defensibility. So you might have a website that just reviews products. So um, a well-known business might be Wirecutter or... Um, in fact, you could type anything into Google right now, such as um, best water filter, and uh, you'll just find a bunch of websites that just review water filters. Some of them will review a ton of different products, and some of them will just be very specific, like uh, water filters, water softeners, humidifiers, and that may be all they do. And these businesses are great to own, but they're not necessarily great to buy because when you buy them, you're taking on a risk because there's a very asymmetrical risk with the amount of capital that you're deploying. What could happen to that money if the business dies versus how much you might be able to grow it? Now, if you've grown that business up from zero, then yeah, cool. You've got a nice business that gives off good cash flow and you don't have to do much to it. Well done. But that's not what we're trying to do. Now, if you look at the opposite of that, like a real media business, a real brand where the website may rank in Google for some keywords, but that's just one aspect of it. Then 
suddenly you have something a lot more defensible. So we have websites, for example, we have a, a website about pet fish and how to take care of the fish and how to breed them, how to clean your tank. And this business comes with a Facebook group that people can join. It has a very active email list. People are engaging with the website and engaging with each other in the Facebook group and they're asking questions. Now, they would be upset if that business, if that website suddenly died. And if we suddenly lost some rankings in Google and we didn't get as many people searching questions in Google and finding us, we would still be able to make money because we have an audience. We have people who engage with the website. And you you can probably think about websites that you visit, ones where you just click there, read something and never go again versus ones you return to and you're familiar with the domain name and you type it in and you don't really care where it ranks in the Google searches because that's not how you interact with them. These are the types of businesses that we're bullish on. And you can only really run these types of businesses if you're operating a holding company model because if you're buying a fund, if you're if you're operating through a fund or an individual, a lot of your incentive is to try to make a certain amount of profit so that you can make profit because usually you'll be giving your investors a hurdle uh, or you'll be having a hurdle where your investors get paid a certain amount first and then you get a share of anything above that. So your goal is really to try to maximize the profit of the business, which means you're not always going to do long-term things like let's hire a bunch of people to put out really good content and focus on building an audience who who love our content and are delighted by everything we do and will make a ton of profit down the road. Instead, you're thinking, okay, I just need to get above this hurdle and um, I need to reduce expenses. I need to think about a business where maybe I'm buying it cheap and I can gr- do a few things to grow it. And it's just not the mindset that we have when we're thinking about really um, the opportunities in this space. And truth be told, a large part of that is down to experience because we were operating that way for the first 18 months to two years of our existence. And all that happens when you do that is um, businesses get neglected or they don't get, you don't think about them in the right way. And so another business will come along and just take its market share. It'll it'll put out better content or it will do better SEO and it will rank higher in Google. And suddenly your low cash intensity business is just producing less cash as well. Um, So it's really, we've learned because we bought these businesses, we thought, yeah, we can just tweak these things and we can double their income. And that happened more often than not. But then you hold the business and you think, great, let's buy another one. And eventually those businesses just die. Whereas instead you have to think, okay, let's hire talented people to run these businesses. If we're going to do that, we're going to need to think about businesses that might take a year for us to grow. We're going to think about businesses that maybe are not that profitable in the beginning, but we're going to launch new products for them and really operating like a modern media empire should operate. The other thing is really our investing philosophy is about buying as well as we can. So the largest part about the wins we've had is because we turn away 80 to 90%, maybe even higher of the businesses we look at. And we we look at dozens a day. And that's because the average one just doesn't have anything remarkable about it. 
And you might come to the space and you might look at some brokerages or some marketplaces and think, hey, these businesses are amazing. Look at that one. It's making 500K a year off 550K revenue. Wow, look, it only costs 1.5 million. I'm going to get that. But when you approach it from that philosophy, you're you're really missing the fundamentals. Like, well, what is this business? Why is it making this much money? Why does it deserve to keep making this much money in the future? Because a lot of the time, that's a much harder question to answer. And that might be why the seller's selling it because they've thought, yeah, okay, I've grown this to a great level. Um, I'm going to pull the ripcord um, or I'm going to pull the, uh, the ejector seat before it goes down and an unwitting investor comes in and buys it and it goes down. So this isn't the approach we want. We, we want to basically go with, let's try to just buy the best businesses that exist on the internet and make sure that we can continue their success and then think about growing them rather than like, okay, there's that quote about you make money when you buy. That is so true, but a lot of people interpret it to mean you have to buy it for the cheapest price possible instead of you have to buy the best business possible. Um, that's, that's the most important thing. And without wanting to ramble too much, I just want to go with another example where I, I bought a business when I was first starting out for around $80,000. So it wasn't a large purchase, but this was a business that really was growing quite rapidly. So it should have been worth about a hundred to $150,000. It just wasn't there yet because it had only just started hitting those numbers and the seller wanted to sell now. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to pay, I'm going to offer you 80,000 because it hasn't been at this higher level for long enough. And the seller said, okay, great. Um, and you know, they, they agreed. So then over the course of the next few months, I made a few incremental changes to the business and just time factored in and the business trajectory was great. And without really doing anything, the business was now worth about 160 K, uh, four or five months later. And I thought, great, I'm going to go find another one and do the same thing again. And in the end, what happened was there was a Google update. A large part of this website's traffic came from Google Google updates its algorithm all the time and the business went down to making probably 75% of what it was making when I bought it. So now instead of being worth 160K, it was worth about 110K or or something like that. Um, So it was still higher than what I paid. But then three to six months later, after me putting in a lot of effort to try and grow it, it declined again because the reality was I had bought this business simply because the price was good, not because there was anything great about it. It wasn't a terrible business, but there was nothing about it that deserved to be making uh, continual growth. And when the business started declining, you look at it objectively and you think, well, yeah, this actually isn't that great. It's, it's, it was a content website. It reviewed various products uh, that were for sale on Amazon. And um, long story short, I got what I paid for. So now we're not thinking about, okay, let's buy this business because it's half the price it should be. Instead, we're thinking, well, yeah, there's a reason you're selling it for 80K. And if I buy this, I'm going to have to pull out within three months because who knows what's going to happen. And it's, it's just the wrong mindset. Whereas instead... We want to buy a business that maybe is worth 100K 
or a million dollars actually we're we, obviously we're thinking bigger these days or five million dollars and even if it's only worth 4.8 we will pay a fair price for it we'd be much more likely to say well this one's worth 4.8 but the seller wants 4.9 but we're in love with the business we think it's fantastic we think we can turn it into a six million dollar business over the next few years so that's something we're excited about and the reason we would do that is because the business is something that has an email list it has an audience it has fans we, we can build an e-commerce element to it we can sell digital products we can keep focusing on expanding how much content it has and if you think about all the best sort of media businesses that you know it has those elements that they have as well um and when you when you think that way um investing gets a lot easier <laughs> it gets harder in some ways because you have to reject the vast majority of businesses that you look at but it gets easier because once you've bought them you've bought something which is amazing and it will often grow itself and so if you really want to know more about some of these specific case studies uh, we do have some more uh, some case study articles just go to onfolio.co slash articles um, and also i will most likely do a case study episode at the end of this series as well so that's really it about our philosophy um, it might seem very intuitive and obvious to you but we do think it is actually pretty unique in the space and it's again it's why the structure of the holding company that we have um, chosen is really suited best to what it is we're trying to do. And it's why we're positioned very well to be able to share a lot of the profit we're going to make with our investors as well.